Good day, boys and girls. My name is Dr. Alex. Welcome again to another episode of our series. And um, like I said, my job has been done. Now we're here um, to argue a thing or two. Today's topic of conversation is going to be um, in regards to coaches and their primary role. So my thought process here is that um, I believe coaches to have a greater influence just by the way that they handle themselves. Uh, for example, if I have a coach that is uh, more entertained by um, defining the rules in the sport, then he probably becomes my favorite. And if I have a coach who is in the process of uh, modifying the child so early on, then I'm here to question it because um, I think that uh, at that point, you have not allowed the freestyle ways uh, to be presented. And so before you change a thing or two, it might be wise to observe a thing or three. Um, you might just have underestimated it uh, or her, him, his ability to perform. So for me, it doesn't make sense um, to uh, begin fixing things when you haven't seen things evolve. And honestly, what I would say is that uh, maybe you, um, you know, have better results if you were to take that, that approach on a four to five year old. But usually, um, you know, the three year old, he's going to just need rules and regulations and allow him to evolve. Now, as you see him for quite a bit, that you might, you know, be inclined to change a thing or two. But first, you have to see what he is capable of, right? I'm a big believer just handing him that object they use in that sport and allowing the, the individual to at least show you a form or two, which would probably take about a year um, for you to be watching this boy or girl and, um, and, and, and or for you to make any kind of conclusions. Um, you know, you might run into a problem where, wow, now you're working with outliers here. And I love outliers. I run into them in a clinic. And they happen to be my most um, loyal uh, patients here. The reason I say that is because, um, you know, we align together and I'm able to acknowledge the fact that, um, you know, all standards here that I have per book do not match up with your performance. And I've quite um, seen that in, in a clinic setting. And those are my favorite patients to work with because, um, you know, those are the ones that I get to have fun in adding uh, a thing or five. <laughs> At that point, um, you know, there's, there's just certain individuals that are just so um, outside of their age group that, um, you know, it should almost be like a, a public service announcement here. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that because, um, you know, when you run into... Uh, certain individuals who don't match that criteria set forth well then uh, you feel like you need to tell someone <laughs> and that's what happens to me you know and that's how I, I continue to have my clients return after each session right? because um, taking into account changes from session to session and I'm able to exploit whatever's been learned there's not any difference between I guess uh, you know all all age bands here it's the same approach. Now, you know, when you talk about children and 
we have to identify those that surround that child um, at this point you know uh, as uh, you know not rewarding it may seem to just drop your child off and pick them up at a certain time that might be just the best um, approach and um, that's the whole point but again you know I, I think uh, you know at this point we're leaving up to the mercy of the coach and that's why I favor coaches who have more interest in defining the rules and the regulations for that sport you know um, I'm against um, you know older individuals showing a uh, young kid a thing or two I'm here to argue against it I think there's not any difference between yourselves and them in regards to a neuromuscular um, in a neuromuscular skeletal feel right uh, at this point they could probably beat you in anything and you have to just give him credit and yep he could probably find one activity that he could beat you in oh yeah and well with that said we have to treat each other as the same here and that's why we go back into the prerogative of calling each other um, boys and girls we're not any different in our physical abilities right now course um, the other crowd is going to argue the cognitive aspect of it and yeah I, I understand that but we're here for muscle skeletal and neuromuscular components so I'm here to say that we're all the same and um, going back to um, you know our evolution developmental stages um, you know you find yourself at a point where uh, you almost have to rely on the the individual you're about to hand your baby off to so it's very important um, I'm not sure what the criteria or you know what's said out there to determine that your child is more capable of working with um, ex-coach I don't think it makes a difference at this point and like I said you know if it was up to me I'd probably be choosing a coach who has no clue of the sport um, because um, you know, in that way, I think he might just find himself um, being simple enough for my kid. I'm not looking for complexities. I'm looking for simplicities here. Remember, simplicities allows us to move on to the next thing. And if you're so what complex, I might just not be able to finish the first task you gave me. <laughs> and that's the way I see things here. Make it simple. Make it make it basic. There's not any difference between any coach at this moment on the fact that if they're going to allow your kid to play. Um, so at this point, and I uh, ran into it personally, where uh, I was led to um, transfer to another school during my high school years and end up in probably one of the best assembled baseball teams that's ever been created in um, high school. And um, I say this because, um, you know, we ended up with, um, I would say, between eight to ten professional athletes within that uh, baseball team and that's very rare now uh, you know I had the enjoyment of uh, you know sitting at the bench and watching this this glorious team and I had fun and I don't regret anything now would I have gotten more playing time in the other school that I was in at first absolutely uh, so and there's your argument you know are you um, happier in uh, sitting and watching um, you know these glorious um, players or are you going to try to get a repetition or two and so that I'm neutral 
uh, I, I had such a, a great time watching these, um, you know, these, these athletes that I think I'm satisfied. Or I think, uh, you know, it's okay for me to have um, been sat at the bench for probably most of the season. It was just too good of a team. And I understood that. I understood my role. Unfortunately, I was not able to um, match my role at some point where you know, I lost track. But uh, you could argue there's so many components here making an athlete that, um, you know, one could argue that some may just get stage freeze. And, um, I, you know, that's what personally happened to me. As soon as I started to see a, a crowded moment, my performance decreased. And um, it's okay, right? I wish someone could have just come in and tapped me in the shoulder saying, well, don't worry, kiddo, you got stage freeze. It's not your um, physical capabilities. <laughs> and that's why I'm here to argue um, a thing or two within coaches. You know, do you rather get some playing time or do you rather, you know, be at the, be in the mercy of um, being considered one of the best teams? Um, um, that's an interesting topic. I would love to see what each athlete has to say about this, but, um, you know, it's one that every athlete's head um, thinks of. And in conclusion, uh, my experience uh, led me to um, label what a true professional athlete looked like, did. Um, well, at that point, I had so much reference points, right, that, um, you know, I started to observe them between them what makes professional athlete one better than professional athlete two and that's the scenario I run into right in high school and um, well you know I think that um, you know character um, really shines the character aspect of that athlete you know what are their rituals what are their routines you know what do they do daily um, it's, it's what interests me Right, uh, you know, some uh, put in more hard work than others, and others put less work than some, and um, you know that's where maybe you could even outline the outliers within these uh, within this group. And I'm here to say that the individual who came out on top was the one that put in the most time. Um, his father happened to be a baseball coach for a professional team. And, uh, you know, definitely if I were to rate um, Mr. Sean Rodriguez's performance, I would say that he had the best work ethic in all of us. And therefore, he was able to last in Major League Baseball for longer than others. And the ones that had more potential in their respective position um, failed to flourish um, and uh, many reasons right I ran into some that was because of injuries others because of their attitudes and some because of their great success and honestly out of all professional athletes who I encountered when I was 18 years old the one that became um, the most successful was the one that um, you know, was caught early on, and uh, <laughs> I mean, this kid was unbelievable. Talk about Gio Gonzalez here. 
um, you know, I had the chance to face him when I was in 10th grade. And um, this best baseball player I've uh, had the chance to play with. And, um, you know, out of that group, class of 2003, 2004, 2005, uh, we began to see these um, individuals shine in other arenas. And a chance to run into um, Yonder Alonso uh, playing third base and I had a chance to um, you know to work with all these all these guys um, in the baseball field now uh, you know as a recipient of a chair in the bench of that team I had a good old time observing <laughs> Seriously, at this point, uh, you know, there's a battle between uh, between them amongst themselves, and that's exciting. They got someone to compete against. Now I'm looking the best, competing against the best, while sitting in the right bench, which is exciting. Uh, I made it. I'm a observer at least. Uh, this happens to be um, one of the greatest matches that ever. Um, was encountered, and that was the day my best friend pitched uh, against Gio Gonzalez, my best friend coming in third round. Gio Gonzalez was, you know, was a shining star, but, you know, the tenth grader. And boy, was that a game! Um, Gio Gonzalez against Eduardo Morlan. I mean, one of the greatest um, games I've ever been part of. It finished one zero, highly upbeat Coral Park. I think, um, you know, that allowed him to move on to other um, other tournaments. Um, but, um, of course, you always had uh, Columbus being our arch rival. But I'll tell you, that year, um, many stars were shining through. And, again, I could argue that, um, you know, that was once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I haven't seen so much talent gathered together except my years in high school from 99 to 2003 very exciting years in baseball 